Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast, Healthcare is Missing Link, a podcast where we help you uncover those hidden things that are stealing your best health. I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood and I'll be your host today. And today we're going to do a really short little podcast to sort of tweak your thinking. And it is called a murder plot. You might say, well, what murder plot are you talking about? It's a murder plot that's actually trying to get into your space and take away your life every day. I'll tell you what I mean by that. I'm going to pull out my Bible. And again, for you that are just curious, we do believe that the Bible is God's word. And whether you believe it's God's word or not, you could probably still agree that it's got some really good principles in it nonetheless. So with that said, let me read this scripture for you. It's found in John chapter 10 and verse 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have to the full. Now, it's in red, so red signifies it was written by, or it was written in response to Jesus' own words. So he spoke what is in red. The red letters are Jesus' words. So the word says again, the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they might have life and life to the full. So I want you to kind of think about this for a moment. The thief, who does the thief represent? The thief represents our enemy. Enemy is the opposite of someone that's trying to help us or save us. So in this case, our Savior is Jesus, and our enemy is the devil. So he comes. He's known as a thief. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. First of all, steal. I'm gonna, Actually, I'm going to use the word kill first. Kill, steal, and destroy. Let's use it in that word. So when we think about killing, we think about ending someone's life or cutting them off. But I will tell you right now, does the devil or the thief no good to end your life, especially if he can get you to stay alive to influence for him better? Because once your life is ended, he can't use you anymore. You become uh, nothing good for him anymore. But while you're alive, you have an opportunity, and I have the opportunity to be used by the devil for his good. So when he talks about killing us, he's talking about killing your influence. Now, one thing about the devil that I want you to know, he's the great imposter. He's the great substitute artist. He's the great magician because he wants to come kind of find something else to take its place to make you think that it's not as bad as it is. So in other words, he wants to take you and make your life an influence for him. And if he can get that to happen, come on, he's not going to try to kill you. He's already killed your influence. He's going to try to keep you alive if he can on this earth. So in other words, you will have probably less troubles from him. In other words, you might get what seems to be an easy life, an easy life that's fully influencing the devil. So when we talk about killing, he wants to not just kill your influence, but he wants to substitute your influence for God to your influence from him. So that's what we mean by killing. So let's not misinterpret that. It does him no good once again, to take your life. The only way he'll try to take your life if you're not being an influence for him, but if he can substitute that influence, then you, my friend, will be perhaps kept alive by him as long as possible for his purposes. Now, what about the thing called stealing? The the thief comes to kill, to steal. What about that? What's he trying to steal? He's trying to steal your faith. In other words, he's trying to take your faith away and replace it with something. What would that replacement be? It would be fear. 
faith and fear cannot exist in the same place, nor can influence the devil and influence of God. They repel each other. They're like oil and water. They're like magnets that are opposite. They're going to, or the same, they're going to repel each other. They're not going to match. So faith and fear are two different things. Just so you'll know that they, not just they can't exist in the same place, they can't function in the same place. You're either going to have all of one or all of the other. In other words, it's 100% fear or 100% faith. So if the devil can actually replace or steal your faith and replace it with fear, he's already won. Are you seeing the progression here? He wants to kill your influence, replace it for his influence. He wants to steal your your faith, replace it with this thing that he speaks, which is fear. And finally, this last thing he wants to destroy. What does he want to destroy? He wants to destroy your hope. He wants to make you hopeless or to help you live in hopelessness. So if he can get you to do that, to begin to be influenced for his and for his good, and also to be a person that lives in fear and to promote hopelessness, he, my friend, is going to keep you alive. Are you understanding that? So he's not going to kill you. He's going to keep you alive because when you're alive for him, you're dead for God. When you're alive for God, Satan wants to make you dead for him. So you can see the difference in the sort of the, the parameters here. So what do we need to do? First of all, we need to understand the scripture because this is the thief's purpose. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And I've told you how to correct it and find those things to be correct about your fruit inspection, not about someone else, man, but about your life first. Remember, don't try to pull the speck out of someone else's eye when you got a big plank in yours. So look at your own life. Are you broadcasting this idea of influence for the enemy? Are you living in fear? And are you promoting hopelessness? If you are, I would submit to you that you're probably doing a really nice job of being an agent of the enemy. That might seem like strong words, but look, we all got to examine our lives. We all have to become fruit inspectors of our own lives before we can ever think about fruit inspecting someone else's lives. So what do we need to do? We understand the rest of that. If the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have, have it to the full, that means full or abundant life. That means missing nothing. We need to, first of all, understand who we are. If he came to give us life, and he looks you straight in the eye and says, hey, I'm going to give you everything that I have and more when I leave this earth. And that's what he promised his disciples, my friend. That is that abundant life that you and I will do everything that he did and more. We'll walk in the same fullness that he walked in while he walked this earth. In other words, all of God's spirit lives in me and all of God's spirit lives in you if you're a believer. And all we have to do is understand that. And those fruits of God's presence will become natural and normal for us. Those fruits like self-control, gentleness, kindness, meekness, etc., patience, faith. You know how the word, the word goes in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. Four, that is. Now, he wants to give us abundant life. So what do we need to do today? We're seeing a time in history right now where people are getting stolen from. They are getting murdered. That murder plot is being played out to perfection in our world, and it's affecting people all around us. And we're becoming 
a world that is influenced by influencers of the enemy of our souls. They are becoming agents of hell. And I'm saying that intentionally. We need to examine our own lives that we're not becoming agents of hell in somebody else's life. If we're actually broadcasting hopelessness and fear and trying to substitute life and abundance for life in fear, we are acting just like the devil wants us to, and we're influencing the world around us, and we're seeing a drip campaign right now. Yes, a drip campaign that every day we're being dripped on this concept of hopelessness and fear, and it's interesting how we're not getting it, believer. Are you hearing me? So we need to mimic the life of Jesus while on this earth. We need to mimic the life of him and stand up and represent despite that it might cost us our life. I remind you, if Jesus was alive today, we remember those little wristbands, WWJD. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? I'll tell you what, my wife and I were talking about this just the other day, Dr. Michelle and I, and we said to self, what if Jesus was on this earth? Where would he be preaching? You know what we said? On the street. With the protesters, at the bars, if they were open, where would Jesus be teaching? Well, he probably wouldn't be teaching in the church because there might not be room because his teaching was too radical for the religious people. He would probably be teaching on the streets and he would probably be touching people on the streets that have coronavirus. And of all kinds of fever and contagion, he would probably lay his hands on them or not, just speak to them and say, be healed and be whole in Jesus. And as he said his name. It's interesting that Jesus would do the same thing he did at 3,000 years ago today on our streets. People would be frocking to him, be pulling people out, pulling relatives out of the hospital and say, hey, you got to go see this man because wherever he goes, people are healed. That's what Jesus would do. And what would we do? Probably the same thing we did then. We'd probably kill him because he's counterculture. Because he doesn't match our idea of a savior. Because he didn't didn't appear like everybody else thought he would with this, this grandiose riches and stuff like that. With this huge education. Remember, he's just a carpenter. You see, we would probably end up doing the same thing. Jesus would do the same thing. We probably would too. But I'm grateful that we have the knowledge we have today. To know that Jesus left us with a comforter, Holy Spirit, to tell us what to do, to show us all things. And we as believers, we have no excuse. Frankly, I will die for him. I don't care what the price may be. I know my wife will too. We will die for those principles. So what would Jesus do regarding the items of today? So let's examine these just really carefully. What would Jesus do about wearing masks, the mask mandate? You know, I ask him this question, Jesus, did you wear a mask? You know what he told me? He said, no, don't fear. So my question for you is, do you think Jesus would wear a mask today? And you have your own opinion, I'm sure, and it's respected. I respect that. Personally, I do not think he would because in 2 Corinthians 3.18, the word of God implies strongly that we are to walk around with unveiled faces showing God's glory in our lives. 
Some would say, well, Jesus would honor the law. And yes, he would honor the law until the law contradicted kingdom law. And the law in those days that was interpreted by the Pharisees many times did, actually did contradict kingdom law. As a matter of fact, it contradicted kingdom law so much that man's law that Jesus never broke still put him to death. Think about that. What would Jesus do about meeting together? Clearly, the word of God says in Hebrews, let us not stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage each other all the more as we see the day approaching. What is the day? The day that Jesus is coming back. So how do we reconcile that? Let us not stop meeting together. And we did. If we're a pastor out there, how, how can we do that? We're going to say, well, I respect things. But really when it boils down to it, perhaps that we're afraid, there's that word fear again, of getting sued. Was Jesus afraid of getting sued? Obviously not. He paid his taxes and we still killed him. And what about social distancing? The word of God says in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 16 that these things shall follow those people that believe, those believers that should be common. They will lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. How does one get well then if we cannot lay hands on the sick? And why would Jesus say that today that doesn't apply or then that doesn't apply today? How can we reconcile those two words? I find that literally amazing and irreconcilable I'm not saying we're to be stupid but would you pray for someone my fellow air quotes believer if they ask you to come over and lay hands on them and they had coronavirus would you go the last area what about singing this has been made uh much noteworthy these days some states have said you can't sing because the singing will promote viral replication and spread. Maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. That's not the point. But the point is, Jesus said we are to sing and make uh, utterances and, and joyful noises unto the Lord. Would Jesus sing today if he were here or would he stop? So my question is for you, friend, if Jesus were here today and we were to look at this WWJD philosophy and we all know what the devil wants us to become and we all know what God wants us to become based upon that word in John 10, 10, then would Jesus wear a mask? Would he stop meeting together? Would he practice social distancing? And would he not sing? I'll let you be the judge of those answers. You make those decisions. Our job on this podcast is to go through things that may be stealing your best health. That's what we call it, healthcare's missing link. We're talking about spiritual health here. Well, actually, we're talking about physical health and emotional health as well. So we're talking about the health of the overall person. Those questions that I ask you today need to be answered and reconciled. We shouldn't have to think about them. We should know the answer. When you have a doubt, ask Holy Spirit. Don't ask Mark, don't ask Michelle, but ask him. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. Though short, it is timely and it's on point. And I want you to really understand that we are here to bless you and help you. Thank you for joining me today as always. 
there's one thing I always ask you to do is subscribe to this podcast so you can find out what episodes are coming up next. And don't let things get in there that are bogging you down and trying to steal your health, like with the ones we talked about today. Remember the word John 10.10. Meditate on that. Ponder that. What would Jesus do? Let me rephrase that. What should you and I do? We'll see you next week on next week's episode of Healthcare's Missing Link. Bye-bye for now.